0: But I am realizing it's because as a society, we're conditioned to deeply believe that being busy is productive. Hello and welcome back. To a new season of Refrequencies. It's so good to see slash hear you. Now a lot of time has passed since the very beginning of Refrequencies and whilst I'm so grateful for all that I've experienced on this journey, I have to acknowledge that a lot has changed (laughs) in this time. I've done a lot of deep reflection and introspection and it's called for an entirely new season and rebirth of frequencies. I know it's only been a year but the time in these four walls has really forced mental and physical growth for me. You know the uncomfortable really really you know facing my demons and working with my shadows and a lot has come out of this so I've learned a lot about myself now and know that I have a tendency to do too much at once and burn out. Um, It's especially chronic when I am multi-passionate and like to juggle multiple projects at once. So to really capitalize on my energy and deliver you some consistent nuggets of gold and boosts of energy and serotonin, I have baked season 2 before I release or announce it. So like surprise cookies, yay! (laughs) So without further ado, I really want to dive into the episode and point out the learnings and trans- transitions I've made in the last year that can hopefully help to bring you some insight or comfort on your journey too. Now, um, just a little preface before I do begin, um, I feel like the general theme and vibe around my podcast now um, So as we all know, 2020 was a year that we had to make an abundance of changes to our routines and lifestyles. The world went into mandatory lockdowns and we were quickly faced with an incredibly foreign way of life. And most of us just went into survival mode, living day by day, uncertain of how long this would last and what we needed to do to cope or manage. As a health and fitness coach, my immediate response to this was getting my clients prepared for home workouts, their routines were customized to the equipment they had at home, and our sessions were tailored to the support that they needed week on week, whether that was a mental health check-in, accountability, or a virtual training session. And although the first few months felt okay and I felt like I was adapting to this new way of work and life. This momentum very quickly faded after a few months, and I was starting to lose my speed. I found home workouts dull, repetitive, and mentally draining. I was going out for walks for the sake of keeping up my steps, and like walked the exact same route to get the perfect numbers. Um, so like everything felt dry, monotonous, and almost prescribed, you know, the, like the feeling that it's obligatory and conversations were recycled day after day, you know, about how this was weird and anxiety was an all time high. I don't think any of us really knew how to process what was happening. And, you know, we still wanted to stay connected and stay social, but like, what do we talk about? <laughs> it was really tough. I don't know if I'm ready to go into, uh, I've seen the school counselor before, but this was like the first time I actively sought therapy as like an adult and, you know, confronted with uncomfortable emotions and behaviors that I knew I needed to change, but didn't have the courage or energy or motivation to do it. You know, it was really tough. I don't know if I'm ready to go into the details, but basically we were exploring a lot of my inner child wounds and I just hated how truthful this was and how much of my past had affected me as an adult now and it got to a point where I stopped picking up their phone calls and I felt really bad about it so burnout talking about burnout I was spreading myself thin by trying to show up for my business as the boss that it needed that at the end of every day I couldn't show up for myself In hindsight, you know, I don't blame anyone or anything for this, but I'm recognizing that it's a destructive pattern in my behavior. I tend to prioritize others' needs over my own because it's like a feeling of, or like a sense of reward. Like, it matters to me what other people think of me, and if I do things for them over my own well-being, that they, they will see how important they are to me. And it's almost like a self-sabotaging tendency because I didn't truly believe that I deserved to rest or do nothing. And whilst being a service provider it's, uh, is, is about serving and providing value, we can't provide the support if we aren't fully present, if we have our cups half full or even empty. And, and that was the case a lot of the time. I didn't see this at the time. It was a long many months of this endless cycle that repeated every few months Um, and it's hard now to see why I was so stubborn but I am realizing it's because as a society we're conditioned to deeply believe that being busy is productive and you know being busy means you're successful and you have it together and if you're not busy or working on a project you're lazy and unmotivated like that just seemed to be the belief even though that is quite literally not the case at all (laughs) which brings me to my next topic Instagram now I'll be honest I'm kind of grazing over these a little bit um there is so much more that I can say but I do want to keep things concise and um, if you've got specific questions about any of what i'm saying today please do give me a dm on instagram at Oviho and i'd be happy to talk a little bit more about your questions so yeah next topic instagram in relation to burnout I truly believe these untruths that are conditioned and programmed into us since childhood are amplified on social media platforms, in particular Instagram, where you must truly remind yourself that these curated photos are highlight reels and are not an accurate reflection of a person whatsoever. I mean, yes, like small snippets of their life, but truly highlight reels, like literally 0.0001% of their life that is covered with a filter or a photo editing and you know you should never compare yourself to anyone as we're all at different stages in our lives and journeys but no one really teaches us that no one really teaches us that we never had a course in school for that and our parents pretty much would always compare us to others as a form of motivation or they were like trying to give us an incentive to do better. So of course it's only natural for us to do this to ourselves as adults, you know, compare ourselves to other people and use them as a benchmark for what's considered successful or normal um, and torment or punish ourselves into action. Um, and I realized that this action is out of fear. I noticed consistent feelings arising when I was on Instagram, not specifically toward a person, but to the platform in general, that I was always feeling lacking, that I didn't have enough, that I didn't have it together that I could be doing more, doing better, that I wasn't really that good at what I was doing, that I wasn't working hard enough, that I wasn't beautiful enough, enough, enough. All these emotions were so overwhelming that it became paralyzing. I couldn't bring myself to do anything because it felt like nothing I did would amount to anything here. So why bother? But at the same time, do bother. Do work yourself to the ground until you are where you should be. I was so focused on this expectation of how my path and journey should be based on what I'd seen of others that of course I couldn't bring myself to do it because it didn't feel aligned. In reality, there are no rules or limits to how you should do things. And whilst I don't condone an all or nothing approach to anything, really, it felt completely different for this case. I really needed to remove myself from this platform and go completely cold turkey, like no more mindless scrolling and assessing how I should be living my life or running my business in order to truly serve my current clients and be the coach that they needed. I needed to heal myself first. This was just all part of the process similarly i approached my fitness like this too i kept having these unrealistic expectations of how my workouts at home should be should notice the word should that i stopped trying to complicate things and just focused on daily mindful movement no matter how big or small and i'll be honest it felt so wrong i felt like an imposter by going against what should be but how funny is that? We're always focused on what we should be doing. But what's to say but what's to say that what should be doesn't necessarily mean we all should. Maybe it worked for someone else, but are you the same exact person with the same exact history and upbringing and journey and experience? Unlikely. So why should it work for you? And why don't you do it your own way? Do it the way that feels right for you. Only you can tell yourself what that looks like and you can't know that until you try. So stop cookie-cutting yourself to fit a mold that isn't your size and start allowing yourself to ebb and flow on the river that leads to wherever you need to go. Imagine yourself flowing down a fast-moving river and the more you try to struggle and move yourself away or like try and guide yourself in a different direction the harder it's going to be that resistance like you will feel that and you will grow tired and you're going to end up stuck in the same position as you were in the first place so let yourself flow let yourself go down that river because i realize that when you're acting in alignment with you then everything else will fall into place We need to rewrite that narrative in our heads that says that things should be done a certain way and remember that we are each the author of our own story and we get to write it the way we want to. And whilst I'm passionately dropping nuggets of gold right now, please remember that I never really knew this to be my truth. Um, This is all in hindsight and in the moments of my struggle, I genuinely felt like I was stupid or that, you know, I'm just not cut out to do this or I'm not good enough but anyway I was just constantly fighting wars in my head and battling what was meant to be right and what felt good and I felt so strongly I feel so strongly about it now because I know how miserable I was finding myself daily and feeling misaligned so I'm really really checking into that feeling all the time now so how am I doing things now? Well, long story short, I lead with my heart. I know this doesn't always mean I have a five-year plan or a clear trajectory, but I love my life right now, everything that I'm doing. I love the pace that I'm doing it all at and I love every day. And I realize that this was what success for me was. Not any amount of money, not any amount of status, but just pursuing and walking the path that is mine and mine only. Because when I do this, I am present, I am grounded, I am grateful, I feel purposeful, and I feel happy. And our bodies will tell us when something doesn't feel right. It manifests in your energy. We might feel anxious, we might feel irrational or start making impulsive decisions. We might fall into old habits of binge eating or retail therapy to cope, recognize these patterns and realize that something is misaligned. Then you don't have to force this. I used to think that I wanted to quit my nine to five to pursue my businesses full time. But I learned that having my 9 to 5 brought structure to my day and gave me routine that I desperately needed when I didn't have my own. I appreciate the stability it brings me and I I love what I do there. I'm encouraged and supported to learn and grow both inside and outside of work and I cherish my job there. I think there's like this idea in social media or wherever I'm looking, to be honest, that a nine to five is horrible, (laughs) that everyone should get out of their nine to five and pursue a, a, their own business. And, you know, whilst that's very rewarding, it may not be the path for everyone. And I kept thinking that that's what I had to do. That's what I should do. Like, this is, this is it, you know, but I'm really happy that I managed to push through those expectations and that whole narrative of what I should do and listened to what felt right for me. And like really nurturing and embracing that has just made me such a happier person. And then in my coaching... I give my clients the same love and nurture as I show myself, supporting them in the way that they need it and understanding that life is ever-changing. And sometimes a rigid 12-week program isn't always going to be in alignment with their goals, and that goals can change, and that's okay. It's okay to strive for and want different things, but never give up learning and growing. In social media, I'm now more focused on delivering value in different ways and on a schedule that fits me. I acknowledge that there is a way that social media should be conducted in order to gain more clients and build more business, but I'm no longer available for things or ways that don't serve me. So in life now, I am strict with my energy around screens especially because this is kind of like... The way we stay connected with the world. And if we don't have a good sense of connection, a good sense of being grounded with the earth, with the world in your own way, then the way that you are connected to the world digitally can be very harmful. So I wanted to share with you a few things that I've been doing that have really helped me to stay grounded, stay present and stay connected with the world in my own way. The first thing is I no longer spend mealtimes watching TikToks or mindlessly scrolling social media. Um, I used to spend literally hours, probably like, I'm not even surprised, between five and eight hours on Instagram and like four hours on TikTok and just hours on Twitter and, and just things like that. And it, I'm like, now since eliminating... Social media around mealtimes, I've just realized how much time I spend just being distracted by these things and just mindlessly looking and scrolling. I'm reading books now during mealtime, mostly fiction because it feels like an escape and it's stimulating for my creativity and imagination. But in the last month, I've read three books. That's saying a lot about the time that I used around mealtime to just absorb and consume media. It's pretty scary. Anyway, the second thing that I'm doing is I'm filtering the media that I consume by I'm filtering the media that I consume by unsubscribing from clickbait and or unreliable sources. So this is predominant, predominantly in my inbox, in my emails. I'm unsubscribing and being very ruthless with the things that are coming in. There's so much stuff, so many promotions that come in and I'm unsubscribing from things that just don't serve me or don't add value to my life. Number three, there are no more social media icons on my phone. There's a feature on iPhone and I only really just realized how good this function is um, where you can remove the app from your screen but not delete it. Um, It's been so helpful for me. In order for me to use Facebook or Instagram or any other kind of social media I need to swipe down to search for it before I can actually use it because it's no longer just easily accessible on my home screen. So with this extra step You know, with the Mel Robbins five second rule, it kind of works the same thing. I'm no longer mindlessly opening it just to look at stuff or get a dopamine hit. I can be very intentional about my actions and think, do I really need to use this right now? I find that like doing this has made me realize that I have so many times opened my phone just to look for a social media platform to click on and just look and just like Kind of mind numbingly drown myself in other people's lives because maybe I just want to distract myself from my own. I don't know. But ever since I've removed these icons from my home screen, I've completely reduced my screen time by about 50% at the moment anyway, and it's just only improving week on week. And I'm spending less time on social media and less time feeling bad about myself. Number four, I'm really meditating. So I've been meditating on and off for the last few years now, but only recently have I discovered what it truly feels like to be in a meditative state. I used to always just listen to guided meditations and nod off or let my own thoughts just run wild to the point where I don't even remember what was being said. And, you know, now I really set myself up energetically to receive that peace and really breathing deep into my body and filling my lungs and just being really grounded in the moment. Um, exhaling stress and anxiety and allowing myself to feel calm and collected, not just completely overrun by my own thoughts. And I, can, I can't I can tell you how liberating it feels to finally feel like I'm giving myself permission to take up space mentally and physically, to be whoever I want to be, to look after myself, which includes both movement, rest, and also lots of quality sleep. Anyway, if you've made it this far into the podcast, I really want to thank you for being here. Thank you for receiving what I've shared with you today with an open mind and an open heart. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you back. And I can't wait for you to dive into the rest of season two. So I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.